Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. And check us out on Twitter at Radio Detectives. I do want to encourage you as you're making your travel plans to remember johnnydollarair.com. johnnydollarair.com is a Priceline affiliate link, so you get all the benefits of going through Priceline.com, but part of the purchase price benefits the great detectives of old-time radio with no additional cost to you. So remember, uh, go to johnnydollarair.com first. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. The original air date, June the 30th, 1953, and the title is The Jones Matter. For your listening enjoyment, John Lund as... Johnny Dollar. George Dean, Johnny. Contracts Mutual. Oh, hi, George. Johnny, how does Las Vegas sound to you? Expensive. Can you afford it? Got to. A client of ours had a 30 grand diamond necklace stolen out there yesterday. Little of the store. The dancer? One and only. Still packing them in after all these years. And still the same two weaknesses, Johnny. Gambling and collecting young men. Well, they say every girl needs a hobby, George. Not two hobbies, though. That could run into money. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum bring you John Lund and another adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Wherever you go, whatever you do, enjoy chewing Wrigley's Spearmint Gum. That lively, full-bodied Wrigley's Spearmint flavor is really refreshing. It cools your mouth and freshens your taste. The pleasant chewing helps keep your throat moist, helps relieve that dry, thirsty feeling. And delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum is so handy. Just slip a package into your purse or pocket and you've got refreshment right at your fingertips. Chew Wrigley's Spearmint while you're working. Enjoy this refreshing treat along with your favorite summer sports. Wrigley's Spearmint Gum is always enjoyable and you can chew it without even taking time out. Get a few packages of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office, Concourse Mutual Assurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Jones matter. Expense account item one, $318.60, transportation, round-trip airfare and incidentals to Las Vegas and the Flamingo Hotel, where the ordinary citizen lives like an oriental potentate wishes he could live. After checking in, I took a short walk down the street to Lily Masseur's hotel. Yes? Miss Masseur, I'm Johnny Dollar, special investigator for your insurance company. Oh, well, that's very nice, I'm sure, but... Oh, oh, of course. 
with the necklace. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Mind if I come in? Oh, please do, Mr. Dollar. This is Eddie Lawson, Mr. Dollar, my very dear friend. Just a doll, really. Hello. How are you? I think it's awfully droll and nice of the insurance company that takes such an interest in my poor little affairs. I imagine they regard $30,000 as more of a rich, big affair. Oh, dear. And then I suppose you'll go around prying into all my most intimate secrets and asking such embarrassing questions that I'll just... just... I think having jewelry stolen is always such a bore. Yes, the insurance company feels the same way, Miss LeSeur. Now, if you oh, just... Oh, good heavens, look at the time. I've got to fly. Lily, you remember what I told now, you? Now, Eddie, don't start being a child. Don't you think these Western outfits are just adorable, Mr. Dollar? Well, they do a lot to point up a girl's personality, all right. Well, maybe this investigation won't be such a chore after all. Oh, dear, I'm late. Buck and Devastator are going to be just furious. Oh, well, tell him all about it, Eddie. Catch my show tonight, Johnny. Ten o'clock at the Billion Dollar Club. Uh, join me for a snack afterwards. Here by the pool. That's where it all happened. Do the all. Buck and Devastator. Buck Bartlett, he's the riding instructor at the Lazy J Stables. Devastator is a horse. It's a better name for Lily. I'm going to marry Lily, Mr. Dollar. Oh, Congratulations. Now, what about this necklace? What happened? It disappeared. That's all I know about it. Well, how? When? Where? Look, why don't you do like Lily said, come around tonight. The same gang will be there, and you can check the setup yourself, see what happens. You can keep an eye on this Buck Bartlett if you want a tip from me. And the other eye? Anywhere. As long as it's not on Lily. Item two, $2.50, lunch at the hotel, and $12 for a hired car to the Lazy J Stables, horses for hire, English or Western-style saddles, instructor available. A Western-style instructor, as was soon painfully obvious. Mighty pleased to make your acquaintance, Mr. Dollar. Lily just took off from here a couple of minutes ago. I know. You, uh, Eastern friend of hers? Well, I'm not exactly a friend. I'm a special investigator. Checking into those diamonds she lost the other evening. Oh, I see. I understand you were there. Might know something about it. No, sir. Beats me. There we was, sitting on that fancy terrace kind of thing they got there, hoisting a little poison and chawing on some beefsteaks, you know. And the next thing you know, Miss Lily lets out a yap and says, My rock. Somebody up and took my rock. I didn't even know she had any jewelry out there with her. Did anybody know she had? Well, not unless it was Miss Joe. Miss Joe? Oh, the gal I brung, Miss Joan Drake. I was thinking she might have known because she ambled down to Miss Lily's room with us so they could change their glad rags and put on the bathing suits, you know. She'd been pestering me for a week to meet Miss LeSeur, but she sure wouldn't take nothing that didn't belong to her. Buck, I wonder if there was a diamond necklace on the terrace. Well, well, you ain't able to say Miss Lily lied about it, are you? Well, that little woman is true blue, mister. Matter of fact, Mr. Dollar, I wouldn't want this to get around, but I'm sort of aiming to... Well, Let I'm... me guess, Buck. You're aiming to marry her. Yeah. I reckon it just sticks out all over <laughs> Don't it, Mr. Dollar? <laughs> Yes, 
seems they was having a late supper, Mr. Dollar, out there in the open with the pool. It was after Miss Monsieur's last show, so the four of them had the place pretty much to themselves. And who were the four, Marshal? Well, there was Miss Monsieur, of course, and this young fellow she brought with her from the east. Eddie Lawson? Yeah. Don't know much about him, except she's dang near old enough to be his mother. You'll have to admit she doesn't look it, though. She sure don't. Well, the other young fellow's the one you talked to, uh, Buck Bartlett, he calls himself. Oh, yeah, the Texan. Yeah, he's about as Texan as you are, Mr. Dollar. Came here from Los Angeles. He just puts on that talk because the Easterners like it, especially the Eastern women. That Texas draw comes in handy, huh? Yeah. Uh, then the other one's a girl named Joan Drake. Yeah, she was there with Buck. And she's kind of a funny one. Young, pretty, smart as a whip. Came out from the east a while back. She's floor manager of the casino at the Billion Dollar Club. Talk to her. See what you think. I can't figure her out. All right. I'll see if I can. Yeah. Come talk to me again after you look around a little. Fine, I will. Huh. You know, I've seen these slot machines all over town. The last place I'd look for one is in the marshal's office. Well, that's kind of a special. Guess I might as well take the jackpot with me. Lemon. Yep, that's all it ever is. Huh? It's rigged. I send the money it takes in over to the county orphanage. <laughs> Charge it up to experience, Mr. Dollar. Expense account item three, one dollar for experience and information from the marshal's office. And seventeen dollars miscellaneous expenses at the Billion Dollar Club, where miscellaneous covers a lot of different items. One item is the roulette wheel. Twenty-two red, even. You're not having very good luck. Oh, I'm only paying for conversation anyway. Of course, I uh, haven't had much yet. <laughs> what would you like, the story of my life? Well, you'd start with that. All right. Lay out a dollar. I was born of wealthy parents, raised entirely by nurses, educated in exclusive private schools, and was graduated from the Quank College, which I shall leave nameless. You like it so far? Well, it isn't original, but well told. Go on. Lay out another dollar. You just lost that one. And where was I? Oh, yes, the divorce. Quite sensational, really. Father's clients withdrew their accounts and support. He was bankrupt within three months and dead by suicide within six. You see, the other woman jilted him, and I, a tenderly nurtured sapling, was cast out into the world to sink or swim. Well, never fear. Heaven will protect the working girls. Oh, that was awfully funny. Yeah, it was a scream. Fourteen even. And, uh, what did you do with the necklace? What did I... What? What is this? Who are you? Johnny Dollar, insurance investigator. And you're Joan Drake, who wanted badly to meet Miss LeSueur, who changed clothes in her room with her, who was the only one who knew she had the diamonds out at the pool, who works here for about, oh, 50 bucks a day and could probably use $30,000. And I asked you what you did with the necklace. I think that ought to cover the, what is this? Mr. Dollar, if you'd like to play roulette, by all means, stay around. But I'm afraid I don't have any more conversation. 
Not at these prices. I thought I was overcharged for what I got. And this will kill you. The whole story was true. Hmm. And with all that background, running a casino is the best you could do? The best for me. With glitter and glamour and sparkle. And that's what I was brought up to expect. Diamonds sparkle a lot, too, John. I missed Lily's first show at the Billion Dollar Club, but I met her by the pool at her hotel right afterwards. It was a warm night. The stars blazed against the desert sky, and Lily and her guests scintillated back from the terrace below. Except me. I didn't scintillate. So far, I wasn't any closer to that necklace than I'd been when I got off the plane. I had the feeling I'd learned a few things and at the same time hadn't learned anything. And Lily didn't help much. Did you see him? Did you see Eddie, darling? Isn't he just utterly gorgeous, Johnny? Yeah, the original Catalina, Ed. Just look for the flying fish. Oh, he's just beautiful. He was a lifeguard in Miami, you know. Much tanner than he is now. I see. <laughs> look at Buck watching. It makes him so terrific and jealous, and Eddie knows it, too. <laughs> Aren't they both just screamingly cute? Screaming. How about that necklace, buddy? Oh, it's too nice tonight. Let's worry about it tomorrow. Let's worry about it tonight. Oh, John. Might as well go along with him, Lily. He's got a one-track mind. Joan, darling, I didn't see you there in the shadow. Just looking up glamour, honey. Where were you sitting that night, Lily? Well... Why, by the oddest coincidence possible, right in his very chair. You see, ordinarily I kept the necklace in the hotel safe, but I wore it in my show that night, and it was late when we got here, and then we changed into swimming suits, and I didn't want to leave it in my suite, so I just brought it out here, wrapped in a handkerchief. And I kept it right here on the seat beside me all the time. So all of a sudden it wasn't there, is that it? Well, yes, that's exactly the way it happened. Now it's all settled. Let's talk about something else. Lily, you know as well as I do, it's not settled. You can't tell the insurance company the thing just disappeared, and that's all there is to it. They want to know how it disappeared, when and where. <sighs> well, you must be so hideously persistent. It happened while I was playing the slot machine. That one, right over there. I left the necklace lying here in the chair. And where were the others while you were over there waltzing with the slot machine? Oh, Around, I suppose. I don't know. When I hit the jackpot, I simply went right out of my mind. How about you, Joan? Where were you? Like she says, around. Oh, plenty of opportunities. That's what you mean. Oh, how utterly fantastic. She's a dear girl, Johnny. And I insist that you stop suspecting her. Or anybody else, either. Were all of you searched? Well, I wasn't, of course. But the others were. It wasn't really much of a problem, Johnny. We were wearing swimsuits, you know. Joan, I doubt if you went out of your mind over the jackpot. Did you notice where the boys were at the time? Well, as far as I can remember... I reckon a man ought to have the privilege to answer for himself, Mr. Dollar. Why, sure. Pull up an empty saddle and join the party. <laughs> you too, Eddie. All right, Buck. Where were you? I was over there with Miss Lily. I was standing right behind her when she up and hit that jackpot. I was in the pool. I came out when I heard everybody yelling about some diamonds being missing. You checked them out on that, Joan? Sure. That's how I remember. Well, I'm certainly glad it's all set. 
Oh, Johnny, you'll, you'll simply have to excuse me now. I've got to get ready for my show. Well, I'd be mighty proud to escort you to your room, Mr. Lee. Now, wait a minute, stable people. Oh, oh, here. boys. Boys, you can both escort me. Come along now. I'll be right back, Johnny. Don't go away now. Curvy and soft as a kitten on the surface. With inside all angles and hard as a rock. She belongs to a different age, Joan. The last of the champagne slipper girls. Johnny, how much are those diamonds worth to you? To me? To the insurance company. Sometimes they make deals, don't they? Sometimes. No questions asked? Sometimes. How much? Depends. I'd have to find out. Everything about life, Johnny? Not if I can help it. It's real crazy the way it works out. I didn't finish that story of my life, Johnny. My real name is Jones. My father was Jonathan Vanderly Jones. Jonathan Vanderly Jones? But if that's true, then... Sure. Real crazy. The correspondent my mother named in that divorce case was Lily Lesseur. You know Wrigley's Spearmint Gum is a delicious treat that millions enjoy all year round. It's good to chew almost any time and any place. In warm weather, you'll enjoy especially the refreshment that Wrigley's Spearmint Gum gives you. When your mouth feels hot and dry, or when you're feeling warm and tired, chewing Wrigley's Spearmint Gum gives you a pleasant little lift. It cools your mouth, moistens your throat, and refreshes your taste. Besides... Chewing on a good, smooth piece of Wrigley Spearmint gum seems to add enjoyment to whatever else you're doing. So always keep some Wrigley Spearmint chewing gum handy. Enjoy it at home, at work, wherever you are. Remember, that's Wrigley Spearmint chewing gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. <laughs> And now, with our star, John Lund, we bring you the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account item four, $5.90. Supper snack with Joan on the hotel terrace. I sat there trying to put things together. Either Joan had suddenly spotted something that had tipped her off to the thief, or if she'd taken the diamonds herself, something had caused her to decide on a deal. But which? And what was it? I tried to remember what had happened just before, what had been said, and got nowhere. You know, Johnny, it's funny. I've always been the innocent bystander. Up until now. Maybe that's what you ought to go on being. Unless you stole it yourself. Would the daughter of Jonathan Vanderly Jones turn out to be a thief? She might, for money and other valuable considerations. Like, for instance? Like a chance to hit back at the woman who ruined her father. Mm-mm. No, you're heading up a dead-end street. Maybe you are, too. Well, I guess we're expected at the Billion Dollar Club. Not I. Little Jones got work to do. So is little Johnny. Maybe we'll meet in the same playpen. Somehow I don't think so. Bye-bye now. 
happen if I just waived any claim of insurance on the necklace? Drop the whole thing right now. Which one did it? I'm sure I don't... Which one do you think did it? Maybe I decided it doesn't matter which one. Suppose it was Joan. Would you still want to drop it? Oh, but that's ridiculous. She would... Or there's still another possibility. Maybe you started something you want to back out of now. Johnny, why must you be so hideously difficult? The insurance company sent you out here to save $30,000 for it. And I'm just utterly certain they won't care how nor why as long as they save it. No, maybe they won't. So what about me, Lily? It leaves me curious. No, I'm quite sure you know a good deal more about this than you're letting on. (laughs) Well, I've got to run again. It's time for my show. Bye, sweetie. Expense account item five, $10 for an hour and a half of more miscellaneous at the Billion Dollar Club. Lily was in too much demand for any chance of a quiet talk. My other three chums weren't around. I was trying to decide whether to go back to the hotel when I was paged over the public address system. I picked up the phone at the end of the bar. Johnny Dollar. Marshal Kimberly, Mr. Dollar. Oh, yeah. What's up, Marshal? Well, it looks like one of those necklace people got herself in a mess of trouble a while ago. How? What do you mean? I'm calling from the parking lot. That Joan Drake girl. Found out here in the back seat of a car. She's dead. I guess you can cover her up now, Marshal. Poor kid never knew what hit her. She the one you thought might make a deal, Mr. Dollar? Yeah. Yeah, somebody made sure she didn't. Hit her three or four times with something heavy. I'd been a wrench, judging by the marks. A wrench, huh? Did you find it? Nope. Did you notice her hands? Yeah. Apparently she'd had them around something greasy, rusty. I wonder if... Wait a second. Radiator's still warm. She may not have been killed here at the club. She could have been brought here and left. It's possible. Who's this car belong to? Buck Bartlett. I got the boys out looking for him now. Possible, all right. It all ties up. Do you want to let me in on it, Mr. Dollar? Let me check first. I'm doing a lot of guessing. Joan brought up this deal while we were all at Lily's hotel this evening. I think she just figured out how the necklace was stolen. I think she was killed trying to get it. And I think I've figured it out, too. But let me check first, Marshal. I'll talk to you later. Ten minutes later, I was alone on the deserted terrace beside the swimming pool at Lily's Hotel. I knelt on the edge and looked down into the water. Crystal clear, lighted by an underwater bulb sunk in the concrete wall. The pumping system was running, as usual, drawing the water from a drain pipe in the deep end, circulating it through the filter tanks in the pump room, and returning it to the shallow end. I took my handkerchief, waited with my room key, picked the spot carefully, and dropped it into the water. I watched it sink down toward the drain. 
Down, down. Then suddenly it was caught by the current and sucked into the drain. Ah, so far, so good. The next step was the pump room. I looked around for the switch on the pump motor, found it, and shut it off. There was a crescent wrench laying on the window ledge. It was shiny and clean. No use worrying about fingerprints. I picked it up and started to work on the rusty cover bolts on the strainer tank. Probably the same way Joan had started it. Not if you're clever, she said. Well, she was clever. Well, not clever enough. Inside the strainer tank, laying in the wire basket, was my handkerchief and room key. And beside it was Lily's diamond necklace. I was halfway across the terrace... And the lights around the pool went out. Somebody had pulled the main switch. I stopped and listened, waiting. But when it came, I was caught off guard. Somebody hit me and knocked me into the water. When I came up, I heard someone swimming. Whoever it was had come into the pool after me. I made the side, grabbed hold of the ledge with my left hand, threw back the wrench in my right as the flashing came close, I lifted it and swung. Hey, what's going on over there? Marshal. Marshal. Over here with that flashlight. What happened to the light? Switch was full. Here. Help me get him out of the water. Yeah. Let me have it. There we are. His, his luck ran out, Marshal. This time, I had the wrench. That swimmer fella, huh? Eddie Lawson. Yeah. I found the necklace in the strainer of the filler system, where it's been all the time. He was lying when he said he was in the pool when Lily hit the jackpot. He went in right afterward. During the excitement, took the diamonds with him. Joan knew he was lying, and she figured out what he'd done. She was a smart kid. Too smart. Wait, wait, let me put on some makeup. I must look a positive fright. I got your diamonds back, Lily. Oh, you... You did? Here. Thank you. Which... I mean... Which one of your boyfriends? Why don't you give up, Lily? Time moves along. The years add up. I'm not harming anyone. Aren't you? Joan is dead. Eddie killed her over these diamonds of yours. Dead. She's dead? It's all right, though, as long as you're not harming anyone. But, but how can I know? I didn't mean any harm to that poor girl. 
Eddie could have had the diamonds if I'd known. They didn't matter, Johnny. Just a gift a, a long time ago. I don't even remember who it was. J.V.J.? Those are the initials on the class. That's who it was. Jones. Some fool named Jonathan Vanderly Jones. They didn't mean a thing to me. Expense account item six. Fifty-one dollars and forty cents. Hotel charges and additional miscellaneous. Expense account total, $418.40. Remarks? Suggest you reconsider this account. Clients should be regarded as a bad risk. It'll happen again. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, friends, wherever you are, whatever you do, enjoy chewing Wrigley's Spearmint Gum. That lively, full-bodied Wrigley's Spearmint flavor is really refreshing. It cools your mouth, moistens your throat, helps keep you feeling fresh and comfortable. The smooth, pleasant chewing helps keep you feeling relaxed, too. So you naturally feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. Remember, too, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum is a refreshing treat you can enjoy almost any time and any place. Just slip a stick into your mouth whenever you want it. Do as millions do. Keep Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy and enjoy it often every day. That's Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, stars John Lund in the title role and was written by Les Crutchfield with music by Eddie Dunstetter. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, was transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you enjoyed tonight's story of Johnny Dollar and that you're enjoying delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum every day. This is Charles Lyon inviting you to join us again next week at the same time when from Hollywood, John Lund returns as... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is the CBS Radio Network. Welcome back. The concluding recommendation that Johnny had is one of those recommendations which he, I think, is totally professionally justified in. But I think it goes beyond that. I think he's definitely displeased by the way she treats people and ruins lives. And that comes through in how the report is entered. All right, well, listener comments and feedback now. And I got quite a few comments regarding the clip that we had uh, animated. really appreciate all the positive feedback. Uh, my favorite comment came from Rob. Man, Adam, imagine Bob Bailey ever thinking in 2021 there will be an animated cartoon of this episode of my show... 
and by a guy in Boise, Idaho, that a ton of people listen to before bed for comfort. Keep it up, brother. Well, thank you so much for the encouragement, Rob. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. And we're definitely going to look into more opportunities to do those sort of animations. Not all the time, but a few times a year. I think it could be a nice feature for the channel. Of course, we've got to find just the right programs and the right scenes to animate. I've already got a few projects in mind, and I'll definitely consider more in the future. Now, it is time to thank our Patreon supporters of the day. And today we are thanking those Patreon supporters who have been supporting the program for six years this month. And I want to thank Mark at the rookie level of $2 or more per month and Jasmina at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Again, thank you so much for your steadfast support for so many years. It is greatly appreciated. Well, that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, rate and review it wherever you download your podcast from. We'll be back next week with another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But join us back here tomorrow as we travel to Texas for Tales of the Texas Rangers, where... It is 11 a.m. on a Sunday in August 1949. A blue sedan comes to a stop in front of a ranch house 30 miles from the town of Salt Flats, Texas. Come on, kids. This grandma's house. Shh, Bill. Huh? Let them sleep. We started so early, they're tired. Well, we can't leave them in the car. <laughs> if we wake them up now, they'll never finish their naps. We'll bring them in in a few minutes. <laughs> okay. Getting up at 4 a.m. was kind of early, even for them, huh? <laughs> hey, look. Pa's painted the windmill. Mm. Oh, Bill, I love this place. I wish we didn't live so far away. Yeah. We don't get here often enough. Hey, wonder where the folks are. They usually stand in the middle of the road waiting for us when they know we're bringing the kids for a visit. Mm, the door's open. Your mother's probably in the kitchen cooking enough food for a dozen. Yeah. Don't smell anything cooking. Ma? Pa? You home? Maybe they're still at church, Bill. No, they're always back by 10 o'clock. The garage door was closed, too. Pa always leaves it open when he's got the car out. Oh, then they must be in back someplace. Yeah. Hey, Ma? Pa, where are you? I've never known your mother to be any place but in the kitchen, though. Yeah, but she doesn't hear so well anymore. Let's take a look. All right. Ma? Hmm. Nobody here, Judy. Bill. Bill, what's that spilled on the floor at the door to the pantry? Huh? Hey, Judy, it looks like blood. Bill. Ma! Pa! Oh, good Lord. Ma! It's dead! Bill, Bill, honey, come away. Come away. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.